Today's media mob operates much like organized crime. In the 2020 presidential election, they ran a candidate protection racket, threatening to dispose of anyone who dared to print or repeat the mounting truth about the Biden crime family. And the media succeeded. Joe Biden was elected in no small part because journalists and their big tech conspirators actively suppressed incriminating evidence of corrupt influence peddling found on Hunter Biden's laptop. And then the press conjured up a false narrative to cover for Joe. Never mind that the documents, the emails, and corroborating statements from a key player directly implicated Joe Biden, or that credible third parties easily proved the provenance of the laptop and authenticated its contents. In unison, the media declared it was all a hoax, the métier of Russian disinformation. It wasn't. Now that Biden is president, the New York Times, which acted as the godfather of the protection racket, has suddenly experienced an epiphany. The laptop is real, and the damning evidence is legitimate the newspaper declared some 17 months too late. It was clear from the beginning that the infamous laptop was never Russian disinformation. The mainstream media, including the New York Times, knew it, but they chose to deliberately lie to the American people to secure Joe Biden's election. Members of the media are so shamelessly biased they were willing to engage in corrupt practices themselves in order to expunge evidence of corruption by the candidate they favored. That's not journalism. It's reporter fraud. And these purveyors of fake news likely altered the outcome of the presidential election. Attorney. Fox News legal analyst and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. I have a warning for you. Inflation and tax hikes are Biden's only way out of our $28 trillion federal debt. So if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, your money is at risk. Learn how you can protect it with physical gold and silver. Call 855-665-0767 to get your free gold IRA kit. That's right. Call 855-665-0767 and my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to $15,000 or more in free silver with a qualified account. GoldCo has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and tax hikes. So what are you waiting for? Call 855-665-0767 now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. In October of 2020, the New York Post broke the story of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. It was quite obviously genuine for several reasons. Hunter never denied that it was his, and neither did Joe. The emails, text messages, and business records contained therein 
were authenticated by his cronies who sent and received them. Moreover, the laptop had been seized by the FBI as reliable evidence in its criminal investigation of Hunter Biden. His business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, affirmed the veracity of the communications, as did others. Fox News also confirmed it as true and accurate. Yet the media persisted in its contemptible charade, blaming it all on Russia to cover up for Joe and Hunter Biden. Just ahead, I'll speak live with Congressman Adam Schiff about a new probe into a potential Russian disinformation campaign targeting Joe Biden and his son Hunter. This looks like Russian intelligence. This walks like Russian intelligence. This talks like Russian intelligence. Who do you think is behind this? Well, the Russians would be my number one guess, if I had to guess. Biden secret emails. A really fishy story. The Post claimed that the emails were found on a laptop computer that was brought to a repair shop in Delaware in the spring of 2019. The FBI is now investigating whether those alleged Hunter Biden emails are actually connected to a larger foreign intelligence operation. They may be related to a foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence operation. For all we know, these emails are made up. The information found on the laptop may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. Described by many intelligence experts as having hallmarks. All the hallmarks, rather. All the hallmarks of a Russian. Russian Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation. The mainstream media's refusal to report a story honestly was not only immoral, it constituted disgraceful media malpractice. Journalists at the major networks and leading newspapers refused to even question Joe Biden, the presidential candidate. They declined to cover the subject at all. When Bobolinsky was interviewed on Fox News before the election, nearly 8 million Americans watched. But not a word was written about it by the New York Times or the Washington Post. On MSNBC and CNN, there was nothing but crickets. When the New York Post broke the story of the laptop and its incriminating documents, Facebook and Twitter, the biggest social media monopolies in Silicon Valley, literally censored the story. Articles vanished. Accounts were disabled. With computerized brute force, they blocked and minimized its circulation in a desperate attempt to protect Joe Biden. The disreputable NPR voiced only contempt for the story by stating publicly, quote, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners' and readers' time on stories that are just pure distraction. Well, guess what? Six months after the election, and once Joe Biden was safely in the White House, NPR issued a correction, admitting they were wrong. Voters had a right to know who they were voting for. They had a right to know whether the Democrat candidate for the highest office in the land was willing to sell out his country for the right price. The media rushed to exonerate Joe Biden without ever bothering to even examine the evidence or the facts. The laptop itself revealed damaging evidence that Hunter Biden, 
was selling access to his father, then the vice president, with the promise that American policy could be altered in a way that would help foreign governments and or companies that were paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars. Were payments made to the Bidens at the expense of American interests? Well, at the time, Joe Biden was helping to shape and dictate foreign policy decisions in the Obama administration while his son was cashing in. Sources in Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, Romania, Oman, Luxembourg, and China were all depositing money into Hunter's bank account in exchange for promised benefits. Given Hunter's exceptional talent as a con artist and a grifter, there may be others that have not yet been uncovered. There is no doubt he was adept at fattening his wallet with foreign cash by selling access to his powerful dad. That's exactly the kind of thing that predatory hustlers do. They're brash, they're greedy, they excel at lies and cover-ups. The New York Times is now belatedly acknowledging what we already knew. The laptop does indeed belong to Hunter Biden and its contents are authentic. The newspaper also grudgingly repeats what a few others had long ago reported, that is, a grand jury in Delaware is examining a trove of documents and hearing testimony from numerous witnesses in its criminal investigation. Potential charges may include violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act involving influence peddling. Other crimes are being considered such as money laundering, tax fraud, perhaps racketeering, and a willful evasion of the requirement to register as a foreign agent under FARA laws. Now, you would think that an incendiary report about corruption associated with the President of the United States and published now by one of the nation's leading newspapers would prompt other news organizations to take notice. You're wrong. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and MSNBC have all ignored the recent New York Times report. Why? Because the president is Joe Biden, and the wretched media is still knee-deep in the protection racket. Their collective silence is confounding because the evidence on the laptop, as well as the testimony of Bobolinsky and others connected to Hunter's overseas dealings, indicate that the father was complicit in his son's nefarious enterprises. It's a crime to misuse a public office for financial profit. It appears that the Bidens may have pocketed millions doing it. If the grand jury criminally indicts Hunter Biden, his father, the President of the United States, may well be implicated. Joe Biden has repeatedly dismissed it all as garbage, insisting that he never spoke with his son about his sleazy business dealings and knew nothing about them. That's utterly preposterous. The evidence proves otherwise. The laptop establishes that Joe met with Hunter's business partners personally. Photographs confirm it. One smoking gun email 
lays out payments in a secret Chinese venture worth billions of dollars. Hunter was set to receive 20% and another, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy, end of quote. The lucrative scheme had to be concealed, and thus the cryptic references to the payouts. The plan was for Hunter to hold his father's shares to keep Joe's name off the books. That allowed him to deny any involvement. But Bobolinsky is on record stating that Joe Biden is the big guy and a key participant. In fact, he met with the elder Biden twice to talk about it. The voluminous records he kept corroborated. Joe has asserted that his son never made a dime from the Chinese. That is an absurd lie. In all, Hunter Biden raked in some $31 million in five Chinese deals. The evidence laid out in meticulous detail by Peter Schweitzer of the Government Accountability Institute, who did a deep dive into the China Biden payola. Each deal was brokered by people with direct ties to the Communist Party spy apparatus. And here's the kicker. Some of the $31 million made its way into Joe Biden's pockets. The Biden family enriched itself from a dangerous American adversary placing national security in jeopardy. What did the Chinese expect to get in exchange? A pliable U.S. president who would be soft on the government in Beijing. Hunter's lawyer claims that his client has since divested his stake in the investment fund controlled by the Chinese government. But wait, there's no evidence that he actually did. Both the White House and Hunter's attorney have failed or refused to offer any proof. Joe Biden also met over dinner with the richest woman in Moscow, Yelena Baterina, who funneled $3.5 million to Hunter Biden. Her ties to Vladimir Putin are well known. You'll find some of those details in a stunning 87-page U.S. Senate report that is chock full of incriminating evidence of Biden corruption. Neither of the Bidens have ever disclosed what the money was for or why Joe convened a clandestine meeting with a Russian billionaire in Georgetown. But it is curious that Vaterina's name was somehow left off of Biden's sanctions list of oligarchs in response to the recent invasion of Ukraine. I wonder why. Then there's the notorious Ukrainian scam that netted the prodigal son millions of dollars. He was paid $85,000 per month by Burisma, a natural gas company. At the same time, Joe Biden was exploiting his power as vice president by pushing Ukraine to vastly increase its gas production. Hunter had zero experience, no discernible qualifications, spoke not a word of the language. And when Burisma found itself under investigation for corruption, Joe Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars in U.S. taxpayer money unless the lead prosecutor in the case was fired. Sure enough, he was, and the probe magically vanished. Mission accomplished. 
The $4 million Burisma hustle constitutes compelling evidence that Joe Biden used the authority of his high office and taxpayer money to take action that benefited a foreign company that was paying millions of dollars to his own son. Is that a crime? Absolutely. It's a felony for a public official to confer a benefit on a foreign government, a billion dollars in financial assistance, for example, in exchange for something of value to himself or relative. And anyone like Hunter Biden who aids or abets would be guilty of being an accessory, not to mention conspiracy. Joe Biden generally avoids the press like the plague. His chief flack, Jen Psaki, is left to clean up for her boss. But when the New York Times came out with its recent confessional, she predictably stonewalled. I've pointed the Department of Justice and also to Hunter Biden's representatives. He doesn't work in the government. Hunter Biden's status as a private citizen did not prevent Psaki from repeating the Russian disinformation lie just a few months ago in September. Speaking from the White House press podium, she responded to a question from Fox News correspondent Peter Ducey. Thank you, Jen. Two topics really quick. First, the president has said, and you have tweeted, that allegations of wrongdoing based on files pulled from Hunter Biden's laptop are Russian disinformation. There is a new book by a Politico reporter that finds some of the files on there are genuine. Is the White House still going with Russian disinformation? I think it's broadly known and widely known, Peter, that there was a broad range of Russian disinformation back in 2020. Blaming the Russians was Joe Biden's phony alibi when the story first broke in October of 2020. And back then, Jen Psaki tweeted that it was, quote, Russian disinformation. She cited a trashy Politico story that relied on a letter by more than 50 former intelligence officials who said they suspected it was Russian disinformation. They had no knowledge, mind you. They openly admitted that. They were doing what they usually do, reading tea leaves, gazing into a crystal ball, and communing with the spirits in the afterlife. It was all bunk, and they knew it. Among the people who authored the letter are John Brennan, James Clapper, Michael Hayden, and Michael Morrell. Those guys managed to turn the U.S. intelligence community into an oxymoron. They're so completely incompetent, they wouldn't recognize disinformation if they tripped over it. They hated Donald Trump, so they were more than willing to shill for Joe Biden, even if that meant embroidering the truth and deceiving the American people. As intended, their letter was a gift to Joe, all wrapped up with a pretty bow. It allowed Biden to hide behind their Russian disinformation deceit during the presidential debate with Trump. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is has all the care Four, five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. 
Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now no. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly it. what... Is this where you're exactly going? what... This is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President. again with Russia. Talk about collusion. The mainstream media, big tech, Intel officials, and the Biden campaign all worked in concert to bury a vital story. They coordinated a disinformation campaign and sought to cancel anyone who pursued the truth. Compelling evidence of Biden corruption was treated with scorn and quashed. The media's willful ignorance was especially reprehensible. They'd spent three years accusing Donald Trump of colluding with Russia. He didn't. Then, with the 2020 election imminent, they protected Joe Biden by pulling out the Russian boogeyman all over again. Their end, defeating Trump, justified any unscrupulous means. Did it make a difference in the outcome? Most likely, it did. Biden won the presidency narrowly with only 51% of the vote. According to a survey by the Media Research Center, almost 50% of Biden voters were completely unaware of the laptop scandal when they cast their ballots. A full 10% said they would not have voted for Joe had they known. Now, a 10% loss of Biden votes would have been more than enough for Donald Trump to have carried all of the major swing states and win re-election. So yes, there is persuasive evidence that the malevolent media threw the election in favor of Joe Biden. Russia didn't interfere, but unprincipled journalists did. Joining me now to talk about it is John Solomon, founder, CEO, and editor-in-chief of Just the News, who has reported extensively on the Hunter Biden laptop and its incriminating contents. John, always great to see you. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Oh, my pleasure. Such an important story. It is. And, you know, back when the story broke in October of 2020, uh, you were one of the few journalists who reported that, yep, the laptop is genuine. It belongs to Hunter Biden. The documents, uh, which seem to confirm evidence of potential influence peddling were authentic, and you were roundly disparaged for that, weren't you? Yeah, a lot of us were. I mean, I remember a statement being put out by the Biden campaign calling Peter Schweitzer and I conspiracy theorists and nut jobs and uh, right-wing black helicopter people. And uh, we knew all along, at least I knew all along, that the story was true because I started reporting on this in April of, actually March of 2019 when I was at the Hill, and the corruption that was going on, the nexus between Joe Biden's official business in Ukraine and Hunter Biden's uh, unofficial making it rich business right by in the vapor trail of his father's jet. And so all these things were familiar. Many of the things on the laptop I had seen from other sources. Right. And, you know, I did something very simple, which any other reporter could have done. The New York Times didn't have to wait until March of 2020 to do this. I went out. I took emails. I called people and said, are these real emails? Did you send these? And they said, Yes. I went out. I, I talked to the FBI. They confirmed that they had this laptop. They considered it real. I talked to John Radcliffe. He said it wasn't 
Russian disinformation, like the uh, Democrats were claiming. Uh, and then I compared it to things I knew. And one of the things I did is I hired the FBI's former chief handwriting analyst who looked at the receipt of the day the laptop was dropped off. And he said, I've testified in 4,000 cases. I can tell you for sure that's Hunter Biden's signature after comparing right. it to his public record signatures. All that due diligence took me three or four or five days. It didn't take me 22 months like the New York Times did. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's truly unbelievable. Uh, why do you think the New York Times finally came out with their recent story confirming what we knew, that the laptop was real and yeah. authenticating its contents? Um, but, you know, <laughs> about a year and a half too late. Um, I have my theories about that, but I'd love to hear yours. Well, listen, you never know what goes on in the newsroom unless you're in it. And so I'm, I'm going to make some guesses. But when you look at the way the story was written, it's written from a very sympathetic viewpoint, like Hunter Biden wanted to let the hot air out of a bad balloon that was rising. And so it's like, hey, not that Hunter Biden is getting grand jury witness, but Hunter Biden just paid his tax bill. And people who pay their tax bill usually don't go to prison for a very long time. It was an apologetic story for Hunter Biden from what looked to be a camp that is very worried that they're about to be indicted. And uh, we used to call this, uh, when I was at the AP, we would pick up lots of stories at the Associated Press. And there was one type of story that used to drive me nuts. We would call it the CYA story. And you know what that stands for. Right. Never your butt, right? Uh, they, the New York Times is on the wrong side of history. Right now, they're seeing the facts spin around to show they're wrong. So they're going to write one story and then say, oh, no, we covered this. Look, we had this one story. It felt like a combination of CYA journalism and maybe a preemptive trial balloon by the Hunter Biden uh, team to say, listen, bad things are coming, but he's tried to get right. He's tried to pay his legal bills. And right. uh, uh, that's what it smacked up to me. But again, you never know what goes inside a newsroom. I'm only conjecturing there. But I think most of the Americans rolled their eyes and said, well, wasn't that the group that was calling this a conspiracy theory two years ago? And the answer is, right. yes, it is. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're right about that. My theory is that the New York Times realized that the grand jury in Delaware hearing testimony from key witnesses examining the laptop documents um, may well be on their way to handing down an indictment. And, yeah. and unless the New York Times got out front of it, as you say, uh, although belatedly by 17 months or more, uh, and said, okay, the laptop's real, and yeah, the grand jury is considering criminal charges again, then they would look they would look like idiots unless they didn't put something out in advance. So that's that's sort of my theory, which, yeah, which I, I think, think you're right on the money with that theory. I yeah. really do, as you always are. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Thanks. But you know what's so striking to me uh, about the New York Times story is there's not a shred of regret that no. that's expressed here. No mea culpa for getting it wrong. I mean, they the Times was at the forefront of the Russian disinformation canard that the mainstream media and big tech and the Biden campaign were all and and these fifty plus Intel officials uh, that that they were all peddling and and yet you know there's no sense of self awareness or personal responsibility or journalistic integrity and as far as journalism goes you know John it, it strikes me as shameful and cowardly that they're not apologizing for getting this fundamentally wrong and misleading the American public right before a critical election. Yeah, listen, uh, it's a pattern that we've seen in the New York Times uh, for the last five or seven years. Let's keep in mind that the 
February 2017 story on the front page of the New York, uh, New York Times, which, by the way, even James Comey called out as inaccurate, that there that the U.S. intelligence community had evidence that uh, Donald Trump's uh, campaign was meeting with senior Russian intelligence officers. That's what they reported. Right. They've never retracted that story. And you know what? They did a version of CYA when it became obvious that that story was not even remotely true because we had the Mueller report. We had the IG report. They said, well, we did cover James Comey's uh, comments at the hearing saying it wasn't true. That's not the same as doing the journalistically right, right thing, which is to retract the story. The the old gray lady doesn't have neither the, doesn't have a stature nor the respect that it used to command in my world and in many others' world because of the five or six years of really bad journalism. They went in on one team. And, you know, here's a funny thing. It's easy to take each of these episodes and, and look at them individually, but I think you have to look at the time continuum. The uh, the Democrats spent from 2009 until 2016 turning Russia, China, and Ukraine into their personal piggy banks. They tapped the money of oligarchs, whether it's Elena Batarina, the Russian oligarch, uh, uh, Nikola uh, Zolchevsky, the Burisma oligarch, um, uh, the oligarchs that uh, donated to the Clinton Foundation, people like Victor Pinchuk, one of the largest donators in Clinton Inc., uh, and, and others like them. They tapped that money. Then when the story got to be too close to them and they were in danger of losing the 2016, they created a, a false flag operation, a, a, a distraction operation, and they blamed it on the uh, Trump campaign. And they used the intelligence community to, to carry out that effort. And then all the way into 2020, that effort continues with uh, these national security advisors saying it's Russian disinformation, though there's never been a shred of evidence in the intelligence community. That is, what is that like? That is like modern-day oligarchs. The media and social media owners are modern-day American oligarchs. They act like the Russian oligarchs. They use right. government, they pass on propaganda, and they control the narrative and deprive voters of a free and fair election. The media oligarchs of the New York Times, of Twitter and Facebook, they're no better than the oligarchs in Russia and Ukraine that they often wrinkle their noses Right, at. right. And as I said at the top of my podcast they're like organized crime is really what the media mob is today and the con the conduct of big tech john in censoring this story clearly to protect joe biden that absolutely needs to be investigated i mean that much power in the hands of goliaths like twitter and facebook and apple uh, which were suppressing this story you know, once again brings up, as I've often argued, serious antitrust and monopoly concerns. At the very least, those companies need to be highly regulated so that important stories like this one are not quashed for political reasons. Do you yeah. see that in the near future? Listen, the Republicans had a chance in 2017 and 2018 to look at Section 230. It was becoming apparent then at the beginning of uh, or the middle of the Trump presidency that there was already a problem. They whiffed on it. People like uh, Paul Ryan and, and yeah. Mitch McConnell wouldn't and take I it And I screamed up. at them for whiffing you did? on it. Well, listen, you've always been legitimately uh, interested in this issue and calling it out falls and strikes. Democrats and Republicans have been able to kick this ball down the road many years. 
I do think there's a moment in 2022, 2023, 2024, where the Republican Party is going to get another chance. They're probably going to get reinstalled in power, starting with the Congress, but they're going to get one last chance. And if they don't do what they say they promise to do, they're going to pay a dear price. They're going to be a minority party for a very long time. So there's a moment of reckoning. I think Republicans have have an enormous chance, but they got to do the things that they said they were going to do years ago, and they got to stop complaining and take action. Power will be in their hands. Fix these things for the good of America. That's what the founding fathers intended when they gave us a Congress and a president. So, you know, now that the New York Times has suddenly had this epiphany, oh, the laptop's (laughs) real, the damning evidence is real, uh, you know, there could be a criminal indictment of the sun. Um, What's truly amazing is that the rest of the media, uh, all the major networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, um, CNN, on cable, MSN, they've all ignored it, not a word about it. Yeah. I mean, what do you make of that? Well, listen, it's it's part of the protection racket that you talked about. It They're still in it. To this day. And now there's a second reason to protect it. Maybe they don't want to protect Joe Biden and Hunter Biden anymore because they're tired of the all the mistakes that the Biden administration has. But their own complicit, complicity gets exploited if they write about it and admit like the New York Times. Look at all the fear that the New York Times has faced for writing that story. Uh, they, they were so complicit that Calling it out means calling themselves out. And I haven't seen the willingness of this news media to do that. I've had some funny things happen to me. I've had reporters at news organizations in the last couple of weeks call me and say, hey, what do you got on Hunter Biden? Now, these are news organizations that pilloried me during really? the Ukraine impeachment story, it called me uh, every name in the book, made fun of me, even though every one of the facts of my stories have been proven true. Now they want some skinny. Hey, give us something new and fresh. Do you know who Hunter Biden's um, uh, painting owner, uh, painting purchasers are? They're, they're looking for some small angle to get in and do CYA journalism like the New York Times did. Wow. Shame on them. They should have gotten the game five years ago and done their job, and the American electorate would have been far more educated. The other amazing part of the story is for the last two presidential cycles, Democrats and the media have made, you know, Russia the boogeyman, right? Interfering with the elections. First, it was Trump-Russia collusion in 2016. Then most recently in 2020, they claimed the, you know, Hunter laptop is Russian disinformation. Wasn't it, it, it turns out it, it wasn't the Russians interfering in elections at all. It turns out that it was the media that was interfering, uh, at least in this last election. I know you yeah. saw the Media Research Center uh, study, and you know, uh, yeah. Biden voters said, if we'd known about this laptop, yeah. if it hadn't been suppressed and censored, we wouldn't have voted for him. Well, let's take a look. There was some Russian interference in the 2016 election, right? There were some Facebook right. ads. But not by- enough. Not, not nearly as much as what the media imposed on the American people themselves. The Russia collusion story was far more detrimental to American politics and to the truth in America than anything of the ham-handed ads that Russia played on some Facebook right. at $100,000, which is a pittance in a billion-dollar ad industry. The um, But there's another thing that they won't report. Why? Because they're cheering for uh, Joe Biden right now to get this Iran deal and restore the Obama-Iran deal. But there is a prosecution that I've written about. Very few people have written about it. There are two Iranians who have been indicted for hacking into a state's voter database and stealing 100,000 voters' identities and then using those identities to try to influence in the 2020 election. I still read articles every day saying we had a perfect cybersecurity election in 2020. It is not true. (laughs) 
Iran, the very group that Joe Biden wants to give billions of dollars to and a new nuclear deal that everyone is suspect of. They hacked into a voter database. They stole 100,000 American identities. And I defy you to try to find a mainstream corporate media that's actually covering that for what it is, a major foreign intrusion on our elections. The problem is it's in their camp. They like the Iranians. They don't like the Russians. So they, they, they selectively report what the American people hear. And that, that is a real problem. You know, Peter Schweitzer's book, Red Handed, and I know you read it, amazing. I read it. Uh, it's an amazing book. It, it lays out in vivid detail. Um, the evidence that the Biden family, uh, the Biden crime family, uh, was pocketing roughly $31 million in five secret Chinese deals. And some of that money, you know, made its way into Joe Biden's, uh, you know, bank accounts or wallets were in, in kind compensation. Does that put a lie to the president's claim? Uh, for once and for all, that you know, his son never made a dime from the Chinese. That's absolutely absurd. I mean, one there was one five million dollar uh, deposit from the Chinese into the shell company that was operated secretly by by Hunter Biden. Yeah, listen, the track record of statements Joe Biden made beginning in the summer of 2019 when I wrote the first uh, Ukraine Burisma stories, not a single one of those statements or nearly all of those statements are false. He has repeatedly lied to the American people. And then when the proof comes out, they move it. Oh, well, we meant this. And they keep moving on. He has looked into the camera multiple times and lied about this. And the question, therefore, is why? Why would you lie about this? Why would, you know, maybe it's protecting his son. Maybe there's something more nefarious that he has to answer for. There are certainly inklings in the laptop that has now been treated as serious by the New York Times that he was getting some money kicked back to him in the form of credit card payments and uh, card statements and other uh, things. We don't know the answer why, but we do know our president lied to us about these very critical issues and also made light of it. Like, there's no big deal that my son was shaking down every frenemy of the United States. Yes, it is. We have conflict of interest rules to avoid this. And I want to remind people somebody something that somebody said. A Democratic witness said this. Uh, Joe uh, uh, George Kent, the prized right. witness of the Ukraine impeachment. The bow tie guy. The bow tie guy, right? The man in the bow tie. He said this in an email I just obtained after a long litigation. Somebody should tell Joe Biden, Hunter Biden undercut all of our anti-corruption activities in Ukraine. That's yeah. very different from the testimony you heard in the impeachment trial because that document was kept from the American people and the House impeachment managers and Donald Trump's defense. A State Department witness aligned with Joe Biden blamed Joe Biden and his son for ruining the chance to defeat corruption in Ukraine. I'll never forget that document as long as I live. Oh, yeah. I mean, an important document. And, you know, Hunter Biden is raking in $4 million from Burisma, 85000 per month. Yeah. Great gig Big if deal. you can get it, right? Yeah. Doesn't speak the language, has no experience, no expertise in natural gas. And, you know, his father's vice president at the time and dictating American foreign policy toward Ukraine and urging the Ukrainians, you need to develop more natural gas, you know, not disclosing anybody, of course. And Hunter Biden takes credit in an email to Burisma that he got that language inserted into the speech, proof that he was talking to his father. <laughs> it's just amazing. And, and so then suddenly Burisma comes under investigation for corruption. Yeah. And Joe Biden hauls off, and, and he has the audacity to brag about it, or stupidity to brag about it, that <laughs> exactly. you know, he's going to withhold a billion dollars in USAID unless that prosecutor investigating Hunter's company is fired 
And of course, he promptly was. And then the money was paid to yeah. Ukraine. I mean, that to me as a lawyer, that's evidence of influence peddling and corruption. Yeah. You know, it, it's a crime for a government official to confer a benefit to a foreign company in exchange for something of benefit to himself or his son. That's just yeah. dead bang guilty. Yeah, listen, there's not any doubt. And for a year, we had witnesses go up on that stand telling us the story wasn't true, that there was nothing to it. We now know the State Department was mortified that the case was being killed. They saw the Burisma company make two bribes, two bribes while Hunter Biden was on the board. Now, I'm not saying Hunter Biden made the bribes, but he's on the board with fiduciary responsibility. When they twice make bribes to the Ukraine prosecutors, who, by the way, the Democrats told us wasn't really investigating Burisma. They were. That's why Burisma made the bribes to make the case go away. Right. The entire impeachment story that Adam Schiff shoved down the American uh, uh, public's throat in uh, late no, 2019, 2020 is completely wrong now. Just like it's unraveled, just like the Russia collusion theory. And yet Adam Schiff still remains chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Yeah. That is a head scratcher. Although McCarthy is now saying that he is elected speaker, Schiff will be kicked off of that committee <laughs> uh, because he's a prolific liar. You know, so big picture here. So sure. Russia is at war in Ukraine and China is standing by Russia. And Joe Biden's son made millions from those three countries, Ukraine and Russia yeah. and China, uh, and, which invites the question, is the father, Joe Biden, so compromised that he is actually putting America's national security at risk? Can an argument be made? Uh, well, listen, that argument's been made in a very articulate report by Senators Johnson and Grassley, who said that the Biden family was over a barrel. And the reason we have these conflict of interest laws to avoid these things from happening that happened was so that we don't wonder one day if our president is compromised. And the truth of the matter is we can't answer the question one way or the other because we're not privy to the conversations. But the mere fact that we have that question is exactly why the conflict of interest statutes exist so that we don't doubt our public officials. We'll never know. And the people who doubt Joe Biden have good reason to doubt him because of the actions he and his son told us. And the, the lack of sincerity, the, the lies that Joe Biden has told us as he was trying to get elected. You go back to those campaign and, and debates and statements that Joe Biden made. None of them are true. They've been all debunked by the evidence now in the public domain. Yeah. Final question. You know, with Democrats in control of, of both houses, there's zero chance that Congress right. will investigate. All of that may change, though, if Republicans flip control in the upcoming elections in November. But in the meantime, if Hunter Biden is, in fact, indicted by a Delaware grand jury, and I think there's more than sufficient evidence to do so, sure. uh, Burisma, the Chinese, the list goes on and on, uh, it strikes me that Joe Biden will inexorably be implicated. I mean, the laptop evidence, Bobolinsky's statements, and statements from others seem to confirm that the father was involved in or complicit in the son's influence peddling scheme. Well, we know, absolutely true. We know that Hunter Biden tried to arrange the meetings with his father, first with the Chinese businessman in the Beijing trip in December 2013 on Air Force Two. We know that Hunter Biden asked for the Burisma meeting in 2015 with his father at a restaurant in Washington, D.C. We know that Hunter Biden talked 
vociferously with his colleagues about trying to gain influence with the State Department, the Energy Department on behalf of foreign entities. We know that Joe, uh, that Hunter Biden arranged the sale of an American company called Henninges that made sensitive parts for our fighter jets, and he sold it to China, and that got CFIUS approval from Joe Biden and uh, Obama's administration. All of that is in the public domain. Joe Biden clearly, nothing else, is a facilitator of these lobbying actions. Uh, I think Joe Biden is on trial if Hunter Biden gets charged. All right. John Solomon, uh, one of the best journalists I know, founder, CEO, and editor-in-chief at Just the News. You always have to check it out every day because he's always got the best news. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us today. Good to see you as always. You as well. Good to talk to you. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.